Welcome back to Hill Country Institute Live. This is Larry Leninschmidt, your host, and my special guests today are my friends Dan Hines and Walter Bradley, two people very experienced in talking about faith and science and very helpful. And if you hear that term science and you're ready to cut off the radio, well, give it just a minute because we're not doing serious science here. We're doing how we think about science, uh, the big conceptual view. What does it mean to think about science as a Christian and talk to your friends about it? So we were just before the break talking about science and the word scientism. So, gentlemen, what's the difference between science and scientism? I think that the the distinction that uh, is generally made today is that uh, there is a way to do proper science that involves making a hypothesis, uh, identifying tests to try to determine whether that hypothesis is true or not, uh, and then depending on how it fares in the experiments that are run, uh, it either gains support or is, is dismissed. And so I think the so-called scientific method uh, generally operates in this way. Uh, I think it's possible sometimes for people to uh, make claims that uh, under the auspices of science that they uh, are going to have the pretense that it is a scientifically true claim when it's pure ideology, and by ideology I just mean it's an idea that somebody has, but it's not a scientific claim. And sometimes this often happens when uh, uh, people want to use science as a way of trying to validate some ideology that really isn't scientific, but for which they would like to be very persuasive. And so you can often Mm -hmm. take uh, uh, valid scientific uh, work and sort of uh, extrapolate that in a way that is purely ideological and and people are impressed because they think oh well it must be true because science is really a, a very established way of knowing right so they want to wrap some uh, ideological belief in a scientific blanket and sort of have the pretense that this is somehow something that we can trust and be confident in yes. when in fact it isn't at all so in Carl Sagan's statement the cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be uh, that statement couldn't be scientific because it can't be tested, it can't be observed, it can't meet those criteria that would be necessary for a, quote, scientific statement. Well, pr- precisely, and it's also very prophetic, isn't it? Yeah. Because how do we know what we're going to know in the future? You know, I mean, he says, this is all, we're, this is all there ever is going to be. Well, give me a break, you know. Uh, uh, we don't know what we don't know. Yes. And so it's, it's an audacious claim that... Uh, he always said it with, with, with a very eloquent uh, bass tone voice. Uh, and since it was in the context of all this real science, then it sort of was his way of making what I think of as a philosophical claim uh, that uh, was, had the pretense yes. of being scientifically established. Yes. Of course, uh, science is done in communities. <clears throat> yeah. And you have uh, uh, meetings and you have kind mm-hmm. of common ideas and you know, there's an exciting vision of something you're going to discover, and so people go in that direction. But the limit, uh, are, are a, uh, an unfortunate side effect of that, is that people tend to think in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And there's a good example from geology uh, that I uh, have uh, encountered, and that is uh, uh, the um, principle of uniformitarianism, uh-huh. that everything that we see going on uh, around us in terms of sedimentation and other things that form geologic structures uh, is what uh, caused all the geologic structures that we, that we know of. Mm-hmm. And there are seven principles of uniformitarianism. And the seventh one is that everything around us can be described 
by known physics. That statement was in Lyle's book in the 1830s. Oh <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and there's uh, fresh evidence coming right now that some of the uh, mass extinctions that have been seen in the past come from uh, gamma ray bursts mm. and other strong radiation or supernova nearby the Earth. Well, that certainly uh, qualifies as a, uh, a radiation was something not known at all yeah. in the 1830s. And so uh, sometimes those thoughts actually inhibit science. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, that's, un that's unfortunate. You want to really make sure that, uh, that your mind is open to what God's really showing you yeah. uh, in his world around us. I agree. Well, it takes a, it, it takes a shift of, of mind. Thomas Kuhn ta wrote about paradigm shifts that, you know, there's a point where something new comes along and it's so compelling that it changes the whole way we see. And Lyle was consistent with his understanding at the time, but he didn't uh, have the pre-science to see uh, Einstein or quantum mechanics, which yeah. were totally off the screen. So science mm -hmm. is, is growing, and that, that makes it difficult for us who are non-scientists to know what to hold on to and what to let go of, right. uh, which really, really leads into how we think. How, yeah. how do we know? Uh, the question of epistemology, you know, if anybody's out there, that's a, that's a, a big term, just meaning how, how do we know? How do we know what we know? And today we're, we're kind of caught between modernity, post-enlightenment thought, post-modern thought. And I, and I think it's, it's a little confusing to understand how people are thinking and why they're thinking that way. So how do we... How, how do we deal with, with what we know and the changing way that people think? Given the ideas that I was uh, uh, talking about before of what atheists thought 100 years ago, uh, there was a real uh, uh, enthusiasm and, uh, and uh, expectation that we would get to know everything. And, um, and I think some of that is in kind of an afterglow is still around today. And yet internally, with the societal problems, uh, et cetera, internally, we, we know we can't find all the answers. And so there's that kind of external, uh, internal tension. And I think th that that's uh, come out of mod modern thought. Uh, I'm not so much the philosopher, but um, the, uh, but that, and I think that, that that tension has pushed a lot of people into, into postmodern thought where they don't believe there's any absolute truth mm -hmm. and that, uh, that everything is relative. But if everything is relative, well, does that statement come under that proposition as well? well mm -hmm. So, I mean, postmodern thought is, is uh, self-annihilating, really. So, so we've gone from reason being king, if you will, to lack of capacity to fully reason, maybe. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. And, you know, logical positivism started at the beginning of the 20th century as a philosophical claim that the only way that you could know things, really know things, uh, is through your sensory perceptions as utilized in science and amplified with instruments and so forth. And I think it was interesting because the, the claim then was made if you can't prove it scientifically in some way, then it, it's, it's not truth, it's just personal opinion. And uh, uh, by about 1950, 50 years later, this 
uh, at least in philosophical circles, it pretty much died a, a death uh, because it really couldn't be validated itself, okay? This was a claim itself that had no substantiation, okay? It was, again, it was one of these naked claims that people made. Mm-hmm. And it also flew in the face of practical experience because although I can't measure uh, how much I love my wife, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I can't measure love, period. But nevertheless, it's a very, very compelling part of human experience. Uh, so, th- so there are ways to know outside of science? Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? Well, the whole point is that I think modern, the whole uh, uh, modern way of trying to know, okay, through science— was an over it was an over it was an overstretch okay it was a, it was a, they reached beyond what they could really hang on to and i think that what we have discovered over time uh, is that there science is a very important way of knowing but it's not the only way of knowing when we talk about meaning in life i don't think you can give scientific uh, explanation uh, to the meaning of life or or somehow study it uh, i don't think you can uh, determine, for example, love or uh, uh, recognize beauty uh, in a purely scientific way. So I think there are very important kinds of knowing uh, that aren't no, aren't achievable or aren't accessible through the scientific method. And uh, so I think modern science uh, today has sort of had its, had its wings clipped uh, by the people who are the postmodernists, and they basically pointed out all of these shortcomings but maybe went too far in the other direction to say that because it claimed more than it could actually deliver, that it can deliver nothing. And I think that's essentially the, fa- the fallacy of, of postmodernism is it's, it's a reaction to modernism that went too far in the other direction mm-hmm. to say that because uh, uh, everybody's observations are biased by their own perspectives uh, uh, and therefore we can never... Uh, know for sure we can't get to the real truth. There may be real truth out there, but we can't get to it because we're all we're all blinded by our own uh, prejudices and perspectives. and And I think that's way too pessimistic. I think the the modernist uh, epistemology was way too optimistic and acted like we we can know things with absolute. We can know anything we choose to know with certainty if we study it with science. And that simply wasn't so. Right. But then on the other side. Uh, the postmodernist says, no, you can never know anything with certainty. And I think that's way, way too pessimistic. Right. Yeah. I remember as a child in the 50s, uh, people would say, prove it. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. were saying earlier, uh, Walter, about yeah. the, that, uh, uh, that that's setting the bar too high. Right. We don't live by proof. Right. We, we live by approximations yes. to, uh, to truth. Yes. Well, the, the discussion of, of what is truth and how we know it certainly goes back to the time of Jesus <coughs> mm-hmm. and, and his, his questioning. We're going yeah. to need to take another break. Um, we'll be right back. Uh, please hang with us. We'll talk more about truth and science and, and how we interact with our culture. I'd like to invite you to visit the Hill Country Institute website. Uh, we are looking for uh, support and to continue this program and to continue our efforts and conferences, uh, website resources, and the radio program uh, to serve the body of Christ in the key area of Christ and culture. So visit hillcountryinstitute.org, and we have a special incentive, a copy of Andy Crouch's book, Playing God, Redeeming the Gift of Power. If you'd also, if you'd be interested in sponsoring the program, you can, you can let us know there. We'll be right back. <laughs> 